Hello and welcome back to What Is Your Working Class, the podcast dedicated to exploring the variety that exists in working classness. And today I'm joined by artist Chanel Vegas. To stay up to date on all new episodes, make sure to follow us on Twitter at What Is Your Work One and on your chosen podcast provider. Thank you so much for listening and hope you enjoy the episode. Hey Chanel, how's it going? Hey, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm all good, not much. Um, currently yeah. got hair dye in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> what colour are you going for? Uh, like ready, orange, fiery. But Ooh, um, nice. I've I just redone my roots as well. That's a bit of a nightmare, like cleaning up the bathroom because it does look like a murder scene if you don't do it properly. Yeah, and you end up with red hands as well. <laughs> oh, it's not good. I suppose best way to start is what is your class background? So maybe I'll start with where I'm from. So I'm half Indian and I'm half Bulgarian, which is probably UKIP's worst nightmare. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, I grew up in, in London my whole life. So I think I came here like when I was a baby. And uh, yeah, we grew up, I grew up in North London. My Indian side of my family were probably the first Indians on a council estate. They moved over in the 80s. And there were about six brothers. Apparently, my dad said that the women really liked them. They were seen as exotic back then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, like something new. Yeah, my grandma worked for the British Embassy, I think, in India. And then it was was a colony. So, yeah, my Indian side of my family, you know, they speak English, they're Catholic. I guess, like, my Indian culture was basically sort of robbed a bit. (laughs) Hmm. And then um, uh, growing up my um I shared a bedroom with my mum and my dad for like eight years mm. while they were waiting to get a council house and it wasn't I think until my little brother was born we finally got into some housing and not until I was probably about 16 or 17 they finally got their permanent I guess like council house but then I basically left home then. <laughs> mm. Did you always have an idea that you were working class? So I guess I sort of always knew I was working class but it never really hit me that hard until I started going to art school so not until I went to Goldsmiths and St Martin's then you're like oh okay yeah (laughs) yeah I think but also I think since I was little you know those school projects you'd get like oh so what did you do over the summer holiday Mm. Um, and I think it would always be hard for kids that were poorer like I just used to make things up Mm. (laughs) or they'd also get slightly jealous of hearing everyone's holidays and I'm like oh okay (laughs) Oh yeah, total with you on that of sort of make believe and going. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna make up all the cool stuff that I do. Yeah, apparently they don't do those school projects anymore, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get into art? Literally, I feel like it was the only thing I could ever do. Like I just became. I remember, I think probably GCSE level, maybe even before, I just became a bit of a boffin. I'd stay. Mm. Oh yeah, I'd stay in a classroom over like lunch and be drawing and I guess it was the only thing I'd get like A's and A stars in so from then I just knew that's what what I'm best at I guess and what what I'm here for. (laughs) Mm. I suppose a big part of your artistic practice is that you make a lot of the tools you use to paint you describe them almost as uh, painting weapons so you've got giant painting knives um, you used a wrecking ball and fire extinguishers how did that come about and why do you do it? It's almost like I'm making painting a lot harder for myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like I could just just you know just go sit there and paint with a paintbrush but I think I like making things harder for myself and also it's I just feel like you need to do so much more now and it might also represent like 
you know, being a woman, being a person of colour, being working class, it sort of represents that struggle as well. Mm. And then I guess the weapons sort of link back to action painting. And then I realised a lot of famous action painters were men. So I guess it's sort of like a mockery, but then making these um, tools then became a bit of a performance. But then I guess they are really practical as well, because then all these painting glitches and streaks would come out that you can't do from buying things. Mm. And yeah, I just feel like it would just be quite funny, like me going into a metal workshop, like sharpening my tools to paint with, you know, it just became, <laughs> it just became like so outlandish and a bit over the top. <laughs> mm. How did you get into action painting? I guess, like I've always, I always did performance alongside just my paintings, but I never used to actually put it together. So I guess it's just how it, how it slowly came together those two aspects of my art practice because before I'd used to do like sort of more poetry shouting more like the paintings would be part of an installation but but then it sort of grew towards why don't I do I've lost my train of thought why don't I do the performance and make it part of the painting so it's all just sort of living you know Hmm. have you ever asked some of your other painter mates if they would ever try painting with your tools or are you know what? They... No, one's, no one's ever even asked me to use them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they prob- recognise that it's a bit too hard? <laughs> I don't know. They're probably, I mean, I remember once a bus driver even let me on a bus with this and it was massive and I was getting some really funny looks and I think yeah. he was a bit scared. He was like, why have I let this go on with this massive tool? <laughs> yeah, but th- I'm assuming but- that'd be one of the painting knives. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, no one has actually asked me. Maybe they think it's too precious or I haven't offered. <laughs> mm. uh, you mentioned earlier this idea of maybe the tools being a way for you to make things harder for yourself or to try and make yourself stand out. And you talk a lot in your artist statement about painting being a battle and that mm. you're preparing yourself for that. Do you think that is to try and bring a lot of the maybe contextual conflict that you have as a woman of color from a working class background? Um, yeah, I think subconsciously it's basically happened. Um, I didn't realize at the time what it meant, but I think afterwards everything sort of clicks into place and the painting battlefield is definitely to do with the the struggles of being working class and being a person of colour and just, you know, having to do everything 10 times harder. So yeah, it resonates from that struggle and pain, but also to show that something beautiful can come from it. And sort of making a bit of a joke about it, you know, like, you know, life is is already short. We can't be too serious about anything. So even like the painting battlefield can even sound a bit like that song, Love is a Battlefield. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, brilliant song. But um, you talked about it being showing that conflict, but also that that conflict can create something beautiful. And I think that is exemplified in how colorful and vibrant your work is. Mm. Um, I'm thinking of uh, particular examples of I'm painting angels instead and skull face, which is it's just gorgeous. Um, was there always this um, vibrancy in how you use color in your painting? Um, yeah, so I've, I've always just been obsessed with bright colours and I noticed I was even looking at some of my work from when I was 16. I always had these strong primary colours, even in the sculptures mm. I was doing and even in my work. And um, 
yeah I like also just creating these sort of digital glitches mm. so just smudging paint together and just like I don't know colors being so bright and annoying that you just get sort of like an experience from it so I, I like it to be quite overwhelming as well but I guess they're quite happy colors in a way <laughs> mm. do you think there is a danger of by you using these very bright colors that people may struggle to get that connection between the conflict and battling you have in your arts practice and just seeing it as oh these are some very bright happy colors mm. I mean yes that could maybe it could be a bit of a problem but I, th I feel like the, the movement and sometimes the titles that I put with the work mm. you sort of read into it a bit more and yeah I guess it's easier for people that know me so I guess with a blind eye it could just be like a load of happy colours, but mm. but yeah, no, I feel sometimes there's some signs in there, you know, when you look closely, I'll have a bit of writing put in, drawing. So it's just, I think, I think at first eye, it does look like that, but when you start to look a little bit deeper, you'll start finding things. The detail, yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean, like, why, why do people think that bright colours have to be happy? They can also be sad. Mm. Um, I think it's this way that our brains are sort of programmed through colour theory and science and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I only mention it because I've noticed a lot of working class artists, both people I've spoken to on the podcast and mm -hmm. artists who are in the public eye. I'm thinking, big example being Grayson Perry, where you have these really colorful palettes and really gorgeous paintings and works that are very visually drawing in, but they're often about very hard subject matter. And yeah. I do wonder whether that's a, um, a way of trying to cope with the history of maybe like the, um, the kitchen sink realism of the seventies and sixties and trying to find a new way of expressing what is working classness in art that doesn't have to be all doom and gloom and greys mm. and dark colours? Yeah, I mean, it could also just be a, a way of a mask as well that we then become susceptible of um, creating, I guess. And yeah, totally. Like, I think it's all, it could also be like a tool of even drawing someone in. I mean, I'm quite happy like things have moved on and from the doom and gloom. Mm. <laughs> Do you see your art as a bit of escapism for you? Um, yes, definitely. And also just, I, I guess, a way of dealing with things. Like my work is quite emotional as well. With my, when I perform, it's sort of, I like to express the other realms of reality. So, you know, suffering from mental health, having epilepsy. And I like to sort of bring the audience into that world. So I would do a lot of sort of broken poetry. Like mm. I would you know like hit my metal painting sort of create a spectacle and make it very theatrical because I feel like life is a drama <laughs> yeah when did you start doing these performance painting pieces yeah I started doing them in goldsmiths and I um so I actually won an award and it was the first ever artist award that year Oh, congrats. Uh, for me, they do like painting and sculpture, but I basically, I wanted to talk about this award because it, it links to being working class. Um, so I think, uh, so what happened is they're like, oh, there's a new award this year and blah, blah, blah. And, um, but I had a piece of letter or writing and I remember opening the letter and it said something like, 
because I came from a state school. It mentioned something like this and I was a bit, it sort of upset me that they had to write that and also because my fellow peer next to me then looked at the letter and I sort of had a look from them like, oh, is that why you got it? Or maybe it was just an excuse they needed to give out an award. But I guess then having that look from your fellow peer or, I don't know, it may, sort of made me feel like the award didn't mean as much. I don't so, know. No, it's something, um, I mean, I have a lot of issues with um, positive discrimination and it does, yeah. whenever you do get success, it is, oh, is it because of these other factors? I just remember just screwing up that letter and just chucking it in a bin. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I think that was the but right I, thing to I do. I found that a bit bizarre. Like, I don't know why I got hurt, but I think I'm over it now. I suppose it's just, it's taking away your ownership of your experience and branding you to what they want you to be. Because yeah. it's, you don't, you if you want to talk about that sort of, the difficulties of growing up working class, you don't exactly want somebody to brand you as that, even though, you may talk about it in your work. You want to have mm. some sort of control over that yeah. reality and that history. And I guess it's different when it's someone else's power over it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I found, I only really realised I was working class until I went to Goldsmiths University. I remember sometimes even in conveners, someone would like, someone would notice that I'm not saying TH properly and be like, it's not there, it's there. Like, you know, oh. just like little things like this that you would just never be called on before. Mm. yeah I guess it was a, a few like microaggressions throughout the years have your parents seen any of your work uh yes they have my mama came to my degree show and I think she sort of cried a bit because I think my performance was a bit dark <laughs> mm. um I was I was holding a fire extinguisher and saying hush little baby don't you cry and like threw it across the room and she was like she was just like a bit distraught like, oh my god why did you chuck the baby fire extinguisher like that <laughs> She was like, did I do this to you? And I'm like, like, no, it's not about you. (laughs) But uh, yeah, now they're quite supportive of it. I think at the beginning, they were just a bit like, why are you going off to art school? Why can't you stay at home, get a job, you know, keep the council house going? So I think at first they're a bit pessimistic or didn't really understand about it. Mm. Um, But yeah, over the years, I think, they finally understood it which I guess it's just it was just something new for them you know no one from my family has gone off to art school or even gone to university so um but yeah I'm very happy that they've come over that bridge (laughs) Mm. earlier you talked about the idea of your painting having these digital glitches Mm. have you ever worked in digital art um no I haven't I feel like I'm pretty I'm quite old school. <laughs> I have I can't really sit behind a laptop. I quite like the old-fashioned sense of going into the studio, getting messy, hands-on. Yeah, I would actually probably like to try some digital art, but I guess it's it's quite interesting trying to do these things by hand as well. Mm. I'm just curious because in describing it as a digital glitch, what is your why do you think of it as a digital glitch rather than say human error? Yeah, I guess like a digital glitch could also like it. It could also link back to sort of like with me having my epilepsy and my seizures, mm-hmm. like that that height of elevation. Sometimes when you close your eyes, you see flashes of color. So and also your body is a bit like a computer, like a glitch, like spazzing out. Mm-hmm. So I guess in that terminology, it it could it sort of 
poetically <laughs> could yeah. come across like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You also talked about humor in your work and um, of maybe even this element of performing with these giant painting tools as an act of humor. Is that something that you actively pursue in your work? To be honest, I don't really realize I'm doing it. I think I'm naturally just a funny person. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, I, I think it is important to be able to laugh at yourself. Mm. And also, I, I feel like when you've come from a place of a lot of pain and struggle, the best way of coping with it is laughing. <laughs> mm. So I guess it is a conscious part and it is, it is a main part of my work, I would say, yes. Are there any artworks of yours that hold a particular significance for you? I'd say it's my recent hospital gown paintings because uh, they're quite they're just quite close to home and the fact that I've I've like um, snuck the hospital gown in my bag before I leave hospital or I'll still be wearing it yeah like even the recent painting I did if you look closely it says close one in the corner because I guess that episode was a close one but also the fact that these gowns now link to the Covid crisis the NHS the battle the NHS has been having mm. So, yeah, I feel like this has been my favourite piece of work so far. Is that something recent you've been dealing with of maybe being a bit more personal and the basis of your work? Uh, yes, I, I guess so, because I, I feel like before I used quite hefty materials like metal or made it sort of a bit harsher, more brutal, and you could only really hear the personal bits of my performance. Whereas now I feel like, things are getting a bit softer and tangible. Interesting how things are starting to get more personal. <laughs> By just changing the material, and I guess using a material that is so physical. What are your future plans for your work? Just to get, I think I'm gonna carry on with this hospital vibe <laughs> and um, just make larger works. Like I was even thinking of doing it on actual trampolines. Oh yeah. And even I could, that could be performative like bouncing on it with paintballs or something yeah <laughs> so yeah I have got a few things up my sleeve so it's going in that sort of direction I'd also like to link sound with it again as well so mm. um so yeah these paintings will have metal rims and then I can use my swords to make sounds and just yeah that sort of vibe basically where can people find more of your work um yeah so just on my website so it's chanel vegas chanel perfume vegas city <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i've also got um i've got a show at settlerisham on the first of april it's gonna be jokes pun not intended <laughs> chanel it's been great talking to you okay thank you you too all right. All right, speak soon all right bye 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 and that is the episode. I'd love to thank Chanel for talking to me about her work and for you for listening to this episode of What Is Your Working Class. Thank you so much and hopefully hear from me soon.